Welcome to the Temple Forum, a podcast from First United Methodist Church in the heart of Chicago. Here we welcome a diversity of voices and conversation about how we live in the world as people of faith. Hello, I'm Jan Engmeyer. In the United Methodist Church, each regional area has a bishop to lead the churches in a particular conference. In the Northern Illinois Conference, our bishop is Dan Shrereen, and we're delighted that he's our guest on this installment of the Temple Forum. Welcome, Bishop. Thank you for the invitation. Well, please tell us about yourself. Uh, Tell us about your background and your call to ministry. I'll tell you that I was born in Waukesha, Wisconsin. On my mother's side, they were dairy farmers. On my father's side, they were machinists. And so I come from a blue-collar background. My church of confirmation was a little bitty country church, the Concord United Methodist Church. It was a three-point charge, and uh, that's where I heard my call to ministry when I was 17. And uh, it was the the uh, image of the body of Christ that captured my moral imagination, the sense that all members of the body are of sacred worth, that all belong to each other, that the hand cannot say to the foot, we have no need of you, and that together we could make Christ known in the world. That lit my mind on fire, and uh, I wanted to do that and be a part of it. Wonderful. Well, your appointment to the Northern Illinois Conference started at the beginning of this year. How are things going? Well, I can tell you, I'm. here's what I was impressed and surprised by. You know, you walk in the door and you don't know what the furniture is going to be like. But <laughs> right. There was just wonderful vision work that preceded my presence here. There was very solid work on anti-racism resources and discipleship resources. And that work is ongoing. So it was it was exciting to to stop in and see uh, the the way that the culture had moved in the direction of beloved community. It's a personal passion of mine, and so it's a it feels like a a baton to pick up. Uh, of course, we're facing challenging issues. That's part of being the church. Is uh, we are a resistance, an alternative to the harm and injustice in our world. So challenges the context, and that that shouldn't be a surprise to us. It it isn't for me anyway. So, um, yeah, I've I've been blessed. There's also an entrepreneurial spirit among clergy that I've been enjoying. Uh, I've been enjoying getting to know the deeply committed lay leadership. It's humbling to walk into a room where people have their cups turned upward and they want to be faithful. That has been stunning to me. All the rooms I walk into, people really want to be faithful. And uh, that humbles me and excites me and uh, challenges me. That's a lovely way to frame it. Cups. Yeah, we are. We're just cups. We're these little communion cups, aren't we? (laughs) (laughs) It's a good picture. Well, unfortunately, it's no secret that the United Methodist Church is facing some major challenges. Some churches in this conference, sadly, have decided to disaffiliate, uh, mainly over the issue of the full inclusion of LGBTQIA plus persons in the life and full service of the church. However, more churches have decided to stay with the UMC in this particular conference. 
how do you as our bishop keep the flock together and keep us focused on our collective calling to love God, love our neighbor, and transform the world? What a beautiful question. You know, because we have the illusion of being super connected, we have these phones that we turn to, and we're connected to all kinds of relationships in the world. But because everywhere we go, our face is in the phone, we're really pretty disconnected, uh, contrary to the illusion that we maintain. So because we can't always generate time together to be in relationship together, it's a challenge to maintain connection. So. Over the last three or four months, I've been preaching more and more in all the church anniversaries or the services that I go to, what we share in common in terms of our United Methodist identity and our theology, who we are, because I think when we know who we are, we know what our mission is. So in a pastoral letter to a woman named Dorothy Furley, John Wesley wrote in 1742, I want you to be all love people. That is the perfection I believe and teach. And I think, Jen, it can get simple if we can, if we can see ourselves as all love people. Then it, that makes more sense about uh, who we are in relationship to the migrants who have come to our city. It, it makes it clearer about the the issues that we face in our neighborhoods and and how we engage. If we are all of people, we don't have categories uh, that uh, provide exceptions to that. Then the the light is green, and we can go into mission from there. So I, I like to I, I use our identity and theology to sort of. Keep, I love the image, keep the flock together. That's not easily done, but um, that's what I've been doing as a result of the disaffiliation uh, movement, not only in the church, but in the world. People have been disaffiliating from the church. And so we, uh, I, I think we need to be clearer about who we are together. That's wonderful and great to rely on the foundation that Mr. Wesley started so yeah. long ago. It's great. His words still live. So as we're recording this podcast, the world is at war in Israel, in Ukraine, and in a lot of other places that don't get as much attention. What can you say as a leader of the church when we're presented with so much evil in this world? I think God chose in Jesus Christ to make a relationship that was transformational. God chose to be not separate, but incarnational, to join the world, to participate in ways that were transformational. And so I think these are days to pay attention to making relationships that make Christ known. And so I've been trying to encourage our churches and our leaders uh, to be ecumenical and interfaith so that our bridges in the world are vivified by our, our uh, commonness as children of Abraham 
or or children of God. I think it's important for us uh, to remember who Jesus was, um, a person who would rather go to the cross than suggest the world could be redeemed by violence. That's a staggering thing to think about Jesus going to the cross rather than engaging the world with violence. So in in those ways that that ground us, I think we're called into the ways that God made relationship with Jesus and the way that Jesus chose um, a nonviolent path uh, so as to redeem the world. It's a challenge because we're not always going to agree. Um, we don't need to agree. We've the church has been in conflict since Acts 15. We <laughs> we're not always going to agree, but we can love. Well, it's disheartening to see, you know, the graphics on the TV screen of war in the Holy Land. Um, and as you say, it's been going on for a while, hasn't it? I, I think one of the I've been thinking lately, uh, Jan, about the theology of the cross, that God is with us as a fellow sufferer. And that calls me to a greater capacity uh, to engage suffering for good. The idea that, uh, uh, that we have a suffering God um, challenges me when I want to stay aloof or apart from the suffering. Um, my life is pretty comfortable uh, compared to the people of Israel and Gaza. So um, I, I think we, we're called in to uh, share the suffering of the world by a God who chose to suffer. Well, so as not to end on uh, <laughs> war and evil and church folk fighting with each other, Tell us what gives you hope. What's your vision for the Northern Illinois Conference? And how do we encourage more people to know that our churches are welcoming, inclusive places, that we're dealing with the real social justice issues of the day, and we're not just talking about them, we're actually acting on them as well? That's a loaded question for you, Bishop. Sorry. <laughs> For me, Chen, as long as we have a relationship with Jesus Christ, we have a relationship with hope. <laughs> hope, hope is the love that is coming toward us in Jesus Christ in every moment. Sure, our moments are pretty dark these days, but the promise of Christ coming to us in every moment is where my hope is. And so I don't, I don't find hope in external things. Uh, my hope is pretty pretty grounded uh, in in the ways that Jesus is connecting with with me and with us. I think these are days too, in terms of uh, of a connection, that our churches have the best kept secret in town. Um, that we're the all love people. That we're living in a beloved community. That's countercultural in this world, and so it's in in many ways it's a secret. So look at, uh, here's a church that has a podcast, bridging with the world, bridging our opportunities. I had a, a, a young pastor come to be at an annual conference after I preached about the migrant crisis in Chicago. And he couldn't wait to tell me the ways that his 
a, a modest-sized church was making relationships with the needs of those who were asylum seekers and migrants. Um, it, it, we have um, a shift, I think, afoot from uh, seeking that people would come to us. Uh, instead, uh, it, the challenge now is in an increasingly secular world uh, where, where people have other things to do on Sunday, is to have a seven-day relationship out externally living our mission in the world. That's a change in direction. And uh, some churches uh, shift to that easily. It's in their DNA. Some, some it's a challenge because of the context or whatever. So I, I think um, uh, th these are days for those kinds of shifts. And because of the secular nature of the world, we, we, we have a, a lot to sort of learn again, to, to shed and learn again. We're always learning about how to love more deeply. So that's, you know, I find hope really in my relationship with Christ. And then the, the shifts, we've got to sort of take a multivitamin and engage the shifts <laughs> that are facing us. We have to get to work there for sure. Yes, yes. Well, is there anything else that you'd like to add that we haven't covered here? Gratitude. I am so grateful, uh, Jan, for the ways that this conference has come toward me. Um, you guys have had Episcopal fatigue, three or four bishops in the last four years. You could be tired of welcoming bishops and saying farewell to them. You've had some uh, fine people leading you. And yet, I hear you came toward me, uh, your churches, uh, the laity, the annual conference, clergy. Uh, not a day goes by that I don't get an email. No, I, I've got a kajillion of them. I can't answer them all as fast as I want. but. It says something about the hope that people have when they're coming toward me versus <laughs> running away, uh, uh, as you might expect or imagine. I've been humbled by the, the questions or the challenges or the, the yearnings that people have. And those things are a, a sign and a measure of your welcome, I think. Uh, so I'm, I'm grateful. Well, that is a wonderful note to end on. And we would like to thank Bishop Dan Shireen from the Northern Illinois Conference of the United Methodist Church for talking with us today. I'm Jan Engmeyer. Thanks for listening to this edition of the Temple Forum. You've been listening to the Temple Forum from First United Methodist Church in Chicago. You can find more conversations like this online at chicagotemple.org or wherever you get your podcasts. Please join us again soon.